Hi everyone, I'm your DM, Lillian Forrest. It is just me today because my players canceled last week and I have to get you guys an episode. And so I'm basically giving you guys an audiobook. Uh, let's get started. Transcript can be found on AO3. Perseus stared Kubera in the face. Kubera's sharp jaw and short brown hair complemented the mischievous smirk she had on. His suit was tailored to fit her body perfectly. Her skin was shaded in ivory tones highlighted by the moon on his skin. His shark, dark, copper eyes turned to look at Persea. Her elbow rested on the metal railing of Persea's balcony. They aren't telling us something, Kubera said to Persea. The main circle? The main circle. The gods who ran not just Parthen, but a few of the other planes as well. Isn't that the point? Not exactly. They're refusing to tell us something that'll impact our lives more than normal. Perseo put his own elbows on the railing, looking out over the city of Parthen. Bright lights from the houses and the streets lit up the ground. Perseo's eyes traced the spiral of the city to the middle, where the giant marble building sat. That was where the main circle met almost daily. We can't really demand they tell us, he said quietly. Kubera gently put his hand on top of Perseo's. Perseo glanced at her. She seemed nervous. Persea wouldn't say anything. That's not how they worked. They met up in the quiet of the night to talk and exchange looks, but being open was never the goal. I'm going to go looking, Kubera breathed out with determination. Who? What do you mean by that? Persea asked, concern lacing his face. It means if I'm not careful, I'm going to get in some trouble. Really? Are you just going to sneak into the building and try to find paperwork? I'm sure fate or time will see that coming. That's the nice thing about fate and time being in charge of so many things. They only allow the inevitable. The fact I've gotten this information is a sign I'm at least going to get more. Perseo looked at Kubera, his eyebrows pulling into an anxious look. Oh, don't look at me like that. She put her palm on Perseo's face, laughing gently. I'll be careful, and you'll be the first to know, okay? Okay. They both sat there, leaning into each other's shoulders. The smell of the incoming rain blowing in from the west. Did you know that Chemomastia brings the rain at around 11pm every Tuesday during the summer? Persea lifted up on his toes. He loved sharing the things he learned. I didn't know that. A gentle smile was on Kubera's face. As Persea started to info-dump about all the weather patterns he had picked up on, the rain started to drench them. The two stepped back into Persea's study room, filled with loose papers and experiment. Damn, I'm drenched! Kubera avoided loose papers as she headed towards the supplies closet. He pulled out two towels and tossed one to Persea. Why do you keep it so disorganized? He asked, tussling his hair, and then smoothing it back out with a towel. It's not disorganized, it's just that. That stock is the destruction spells, and that one has all the transportation information. Dark magic only cataloged the dark spells, so I'm pretty much having to figure out where every magic spell goes, how it's classified, what type of people use it the most. Persea wiped off his blue hair, stepping over a stack. It's how my brain works. If you say so, she picks up a book pretending to flip through it. I gotta head out. 
Tiscalia is going to help me with my plan, so I need to meet them to finalize the last details. I'll see you later, Merd. Be safe. I'll see you soon, Kate. Kabera set the brown book into the wrong stack and walked, making Persea cringe slightly, but he didn't say anything. Persea sat holding the book Kabera had set down. An entire magic system. Somehow, he had to get it organized. There were so many other types of magic. So how did he get stuck in one of the biggest roles? The youngest of the magics. He set the book in the stack of illusion books, picking up a small stack of papers. At the top of each list was the name of a god and what their magic is used for. It helped that he had finally finished with most of the list. Fey eyed. Goddess of ducks? Most common spells. Shape water. Plant growth. Speak to animals, etc, etc. She goes in what he would label as the druid category. Hecaline had given him permission to take similar magics, categorize them, and label each category. Druids are normal carers of plants, animals, and life in general, and most of their spells revolved around those things. There were so many spells created by people that he wondered if he would ever have them organized. Persei spent a few hours organizing before passing out on his desk. The next few days were a blur for him. He had forgotten that the Parthen games had been going on, barely leaving his library other than for food, or if Discordia got fed up with him. So he was relatively surprised when she showed up with a small gnome named Bonk. His joy of making a new friend did not last long as he failed to create a magic item, instead trapping Bonk's soul inside of a staff. He made Discordia leave. She left the staff there, mocking his failure. He sat there, elbows on the floor, scribbling on a piece of paper. From the symbols on the floor to which stacks of books were where, he had to. If not, he would cry. He hated crying. It hurt. Physically. It didn't make him feel weak. Crying was a natural response for the body. It just meant that anything he wanted or needed to get done was on pause until he was done crying. A knock could be heard from the balcony door. Who had he invited, and why were they on his balcony? Persei stood up, dusting the chalk from his pants, and walked over to the wooden doors. He took a deep breath, slowly opening the doors. Hello there, Miadama. Persea, what's wrong? Kubera had opened her arms to be all showy, but he quickly brought them down, one on Persea's shoulder, the other on his face. It's nothing. Persea tried to take a step back. The one person he would fully break down in front of had just shown up. Kabera let Persea slip back into the room, shutting the door as she walked in. Persea, darling. A gentle hand was placed on his face. You don't have to tell me what happened, but I'm here to help you. Kabera did his best to avoid eye contact. Persea had told him eye contact could be really hard. His hands were rubbing together as he rocked himself slightly on his heels of his feet, back and forth, back and forth. I messed up on a spell, and the things happened, and someone got hurt, and it's all my fault, and I could have done something different, I should have done something different, and it's all a big mess, and Discordia hates me, and, and it's all my fault. Persea blurted out all in one breath. His muscles started to feel tight, and he wanted to scream, cry punch something break something anything to get his mind free anything to help control his mess of emotions 
Two ivory hands came into his field of vision. Perseo wrapped his shaky hands around them and squeezed. Nothing was said as he squeezed Kubera's hands tightly, scrunching his face and arms up, breathing in and almost exploding. He slowly lowered himself to the floor, tears starting to fall. Kubera followed, her arms wrapping around his sobbing frame. He held the sobbing wizard until the wizard felt safe. The next event that flew past him was the reveal of an idea for the Beginner's Guide to Magic. The main circle had requested Persea to write a book for those who had little to no experience in magic. He had, it had taken him nearly a year to finish it. He stood in front of the mirror, taking long, deep breaths. Maybe a book like this would lighten his load. He barely got to work on anything he wanted to. Almost everyone was learning magic and needed help, for one reason or another. His light Aegean blue hair looked way too nice for the fact he barely touched it. He had on his favorite loose red shirt and pants, adding his thick purple cloak that ended at his waist. The clasp on his right shoulder leaving an opening before his arm. He grabbed the leather-covered book and ran down the steps to his library. Waiting in one of the chairs was a dwarf. He had a dark brown braid framing his dark terracotta face. He wore a dark maroon shirt with a dark gray woolen overcoat. His dark brown plaid pants matched his braided beard. Heckling, his predecessor. Oh, Heckling, I thought you were up at the circle. I wanted to come and check on you. He stood up from the chair, walking over to Persea, motioning for him to lean down. Are you ready? I guess. Heckling shifted Persea's cloak to sit correctly on his shoulder, his anxiety nodding in his stomach. Have you eaten? Persea nodded as they started walking out of the library. Yeah, I made some porridge. Good. Good. Do you have your speech planned? Most of it. I decide not to stress over the questions. There are just so many that could be asked. Good, Heckling said with a stout nod. The two walked in silence up the marble steps of the building into the double doors and past the seating area. There were so many people waiting for an audience with the magic circle. It was considered a big step for non-magic users so they could start their personal learning process. Now, Persea, you need to be confident, understood? You're a powerful wizard. Don't act like you're not. Hegelin patted Persea's shoulder, turned, and walked through a random door. Persea made his way down the hall and through a doorway. The gold-painted door in front of him led to the floor of the main circle's meeting hall. He paced, shaking his hands vigorously. He had so much anxious energy he could barely think. It's not like if he messed up in front of the entire city and the main circle. He waited impatiently to hear their soft but firm voice to call him in. Persea, you may now come present your new item. He opened the door, pushing forward foot over foot, as he walked down the small walkway that led to the standing area in the front of a semicircle table. He looked up past the table of the main circle to the bleachers behind them, filled to the brim with Parthen citizens. He couldn't see Discordia or Kubera. He lowered his gaze to look at all of the main deities, finally stopping in front of the ebony-skinned goddess of life and the sapia-toned goddess of death. The goddess of death. The goddess of life, Adrobula, was in a black dress with delicate white lace outlining her body. Her afro hair was pulled back into two big bubble braids with two similar braids framing her face. 
At the end of the small braids was a white bead on her right braid and a black bead on her left braid. Persea, it is wonderful to see you here today. Katikaliwato spoke. What have you brought for us today? L Lady Katikaliwato, today I have brought a grimoire of magic. He turned slowly, trying to make appropriate eye contact with her. Not too much, but not too little. He hated eye contact. It never felt right or appropriate. It was always a guessing game of when it was okay to stare into a person's eyes or look away, or how long was too long, but it was always better for the performance. But unlike your average grimoire, it's not filled with jargon that needs to be learnt beforehand. I've spent the last year of my life designing a grimoire for anyone to use with basic instructions for anyone who desires to learn. I designed each page to be simple and straightforward, with an added pronunciation guide in the back. He opened the book and flipped through a few pages. He knew this spell and didn't actually need the book, but demonstrations always awed people. He cast dancing lights. Colorful orbs of light came floating up from the pages of the book. When the lights have floated up to the ceiling, Persea turns back to Adrobula, Wattle, Katikali Wattle. Bringing the book forward, he sets it on the table in front of them. Adrobulua picked up the book, taking a second to flip through the pages before passing it to Katikalewa. Before passing it to Katikali Wattle. The book slowly made its way around the table, each member of the main circle carefully inspecting the pages, a few trying out some of the spells themselves. A heavy silence filled the room. Not even a shuffle was heard from the crowd. Moments like these were life-changing, in a good way or a bad way, Persea wasn't quite sure. Uh, once the book was returned to Adrobulua, she sat the book down and placed her hand on top of it. Persea, god of magic, you have done well. Persea let out a sigh of relief. Not only will this help your fellow people learn magic, but this new tool will be used to teach a new generation. Please take a seat as we continue. She nodded to the door that would lead he he bowed and turned making eye contact with heckling who gently smiled at the wizard Persea had to use so much energy to bounce up the stairs he managed to find an open seat right on the edge left open for anyone coming up from the floor people of parthen katikaliwatl said as she stood it has come time to announce a new life the hall began to murmur to each other birth and reproduction were rare. The last child from the main circle had been Ptolemus. We understand that this may be a new thing for many of you, but just like when each and every one of you came to join Parthen, these new lives will create their own history. Katekalewatl nodded at Adrobulua to give her the floor. The new life we have created are called mortals. Unlike us, they will never be given a duty, but will find it on their own. Mortals only have a limited time on their plane, or any plane. Eventually they will die, and live through their stories and children. A hush had fallen over the crowd. This is what Kubera had been talking about. This is why the main circle had been so busy lately. Were they trying to replace them? Why would a new race be necessary? What was the purpose? Perseus sat in his thoughts, mind whirling until he felt people starting to exit around him. His hand was grabbed and he was pulled to his feet, stumbling down the stairs. He looked at the tall figure in a dark purple suit dragging him. 
Kubera? Not now. We have to get to your place. Kubera whispered quite firmly and a little harshly. Once out of the building, the pulling stopped, but she didn't let go of his hand. He squeezed Persea's hand, a tight, stern look on his face. Shit! This is fuck. This is shit. This is just- No! Kubera exclaimed. Are they replacing us? Persea asked, still trying to wrap his head around what had all happened. Yes? No? Kind of? I couldn't get much information before you headed out, you know? How distracted the main circle has seemed? Yeah, they've been creating a mortal race. They've been ignoring us for their new little pets. Persea slowly lowered himself into a chair as Kubera continued livid. People died at the Parthens game because of their distraction. So many of us have been hurt or killed and they did nothing about it. All because of their little side project. Well, I mean, really though... What can we do about it? Persea spoke up, using what Kubra recognized as his thinking voice. I would bet that a lot of the gods feel the same way. I know Discordia feels the same way, and I'm sure there are others. So what if we... What if we... Persea thought out loud. Kubra's frown slowly, slowly turned into a mischievous smirk. What if we collected a group to stand up against these new mortals and show the main circle that we matter? Thank you for listening. I am your DM, Lillian Forrest. If you like this, tune in next week for normal D&D content. The Tumblr at LillianForest22, the Instagram at Roll20Miles, LillianForest22, or Bees in the Forest. Uh, we have our YouTube. If you're on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and a comment. We love comments so much. Thank you so much. If you're on Apple Podcast, uh, um, um, if you're on Apple Podcast, stars and a review. That would be awesome. We appreciate those a lot as well. Uh, today's episode was... This is your fair warning. There are bloopers after this, which do involve... A little bit of screaming, I think some crying and some singing. Uh, so this is your fair warning that I probably also curse. I don't remember. Just, yeah, just be warned. And if you're wearing earbuds, I might turn it down like two notches. She left the staff there, mocking his failures. Ooh, failures? Oh, that's even worse. It's nothing. Blip, 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 blip. British, be British. I'm British. I'm British. I'm Persia. I'm British. <laughs> Once the grimoire was returned to Adrobu Lawato. Oh. <laughs> I just combined their names. Tolemus, 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 God of Corn, Tolemus, 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 
father of Charlie Cornsicle. Tornemus, 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 Tornemus. Thank you, and keep on rolling. Mm -hmm.